Alrighty, it feels like it's been about three weeks, but it's only been a few days. I've been doing a little traveling. I'm happy to be back to Homemaker Chic. Welcome to Homemaker Chic. This is the podcast where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind with uh, lots of red lips, no denim jumpers. The voice you hear right now is Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl. The voice you hear right now, say hello, Shay. Hello. <laughs> it is Shay Elliott, uh, Shay Elliott and the Elliott Homestead. And we are Homemaker Chic a year and a half ago. We were having a really fun conversation. I said, we should have a podcast. She said, would you believe I was just talking to my husband about that? And then we launched this podcast on the day the world shut down and everybody became a homemaker. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And it's um, Monday. Wow. Uh, we have had a like whirlwind. I think that's why it feels like it's been so long since we sat down and did this. Um, but just a whirlwind <clears throat> handful of days in the Reed household. I went um, on a trip to see my great-grandparents, or my grandparents, rather, um, in Michigan. And what should have taken six hours took like eight and a half to get there. And then I came right home to... Operation Refi, like get the house ready for the appraiser, which just about did me in. (laughs) It's like, hide your hillbilly because somebody's coming to the house. The kids are like, how nice does it need to look? I said, "Uh, like the Queen of England is coming or we're selling it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty dang nice. But great fall cleaning. Like, woo, I get to go into fall with clean windows and painted trim and Clean garage. Oh my, my gosh. Husband was hustling. Get out of here. <laughs> That's amazing. <sighs> Speaking of cleaning, I shared this on Instagram last week, but I have this relentless spider, little small house spider, who has decided to create a web between one of my little sconces and a little buffet mirror. And it I'll keep wiping the web and she keeps putting it back up. And finally I was like, you know what? I admire the tenacity. Yeah. Yeah, just welcome she's, home. She's <laughs> little spider. Exactly. She did it really smart, like right over this basket of apples that I had sitting on our green buffet in our dining room. And I, she was small. She wasn't like coming at me or attacking me or like crawling in my mm-hmm. shoe. I knew where she was. I could see right. her. And I knocked her web down a few times. And finally, I was like, you know what? Props to you, man. I'm doing the same thing. Here I am every day. People knock it down. I build it back up. <laughs> Right. I am the so spider. True. I am the spider. She's just trying to catch some fruit flies over those apples. Yep. She's pretty smart. She was smart and she has a bunch of fruit flies. Yep. I am the spider. Season nine. <laughs> I am the spider. <laughs> oh, yep. Tear oh, it down, okay. build it up. Yeah, um, seriously, all day, every day. Yes. Uh, it's just a thick, it's just a thick time of year. I don't know how else. I don't know if. Life is getting more layered. I don't know if I'm mentally collapsing. I don't know if the world's going crazy. I don't know if it's because my kids are in different grades this year, but wow. I mean, just thick. Here we are. Yeah. So I feel that. Yeah. You said you used the word dense a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So here's what you should do, listener. If you've never been to patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast, 
You should do that because before we know it, season eight is going to be over and we are going to have a fangirl call where you get to put on your red lips and sit on the screen and drink dry farm wines with us and have a riot and throw us your ideas for season nine. And we just have a lot of fun. There's other perks that go with being a patron to the show. That is a way you can show support and just um, acknowledge that you believe in this art of homemaking (laughs) and that helps us do what we do. We are extremely grateful for the hundreds of you that have joined us over there. Very, very grateful. It makes it a little bit easier for the husbands to say, yeah, go ahead, go talk to your best friend for half the day. (laughs) (laughs) Go buy new computer equipment again. Right. Hard drives (laughs) again. Microphones again. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So that is patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. Um, You'll have access to uh, what we just did most recently, which was um, some recipes that we shared with you. Mm-hmm. And you will also receive uh, video versions of the show, which is really cool. So you can listen and then you can watch. And watching is really fun, especially on shows like today, because we have our dear friend Jennifer from The Daily Connoisseur joining us. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a hoot. Yes. I a was proper glad. hoot. I was it's glad going to be a she proper joined hoot. us. We have a pretty good text <laughs> thread growing going between Angela and Jennifer and myself. And so uh, yeah. You know, sometimes you just gotta be like, hey, just come, let's just continue this conversation over on the podcast. Shall we? Yes. Shall we? <laughs> um, I want to cue the wine music because I have a bottle and I'm thirsty. Can we do okay. this? <laughs> yes. I'm going to pour I know you're here. sharing yours today, but that's here okay. We, we can both share. Okay. This is the part of the podcast sponsored by our beloved Dry Farm Wines. You know how sometimes you drink wine and you feel really terrible after? Well, usually that's because of the additives, the sugars, the yeasts, the colorings, the flavorings that are added to wine. Dry Farms does not do this. Dry Farms keeps things very, very clean. In fact, there's almost zero residual sugar in their wines. My favorite part about Dry Farms is that they do source these wines from small, family-owned little vineyards around the world that you would really never see on any kind of shelf. These are families who have been farming organically and biodynamically, really trying to do things the right way for generations. And we get to partake. You know, sometimes some of these farms only produce 500 bottles a year, very small amounts. And uh, we get to enjoy those. So visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic to stock your wine cabinet with these beautiful, clean wines that will contribute to the health and not undo all of that hard work that you have put in to your body. For real. For real. Three, six, nine, 12 bottles a month. If it's your first time ordering uh, through that Homemaker Chic link, uh, you're going to get a bottle for a penny, which is pretty, pretty fabulous. Okay. You are literally opening yours. Oh yeah. No, I I tried. Oh, it's one of those those little glass glass ones. Darn, I'll love those things. I just keep them because inevitably you find a little bottle at the antique store that needs a little stopper. Yep. Here we are. Uh, Do you want me to share what I'm drinking or do you want to share what you're drinking? Well, we both can. I'll do that while you struggle with that glass cork. Yeah. Okay. So mine is uh, Colombier Morgan. It's French. It's French. That's a French. (laughs) That's French. (laughs) It is a... um, Let's see. This is a Beaujolais. uh, Gamay Beaujolais. Is it Beaujolais and or Beaujolais? Beaujolais. Bo- <laughs> no shay. <laughs> it is Beau. Beaujolais Gamay. Yep. Uh, so 
four five. Oh my gosh. Alcohol volume. Oh my goodness. I, I was can't. at Trader Joe's while I was traveling. While I was doing that traveling. Fifteen and a half percent I saw on the back Whoa. of the bottle. I actually went, holy crap, out loud. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't buy that one. <laughs> yep. So this is I've never had this one. It's got a um beau papillon. Have you never seen even seen that before? one before? Mm-hmm. No. So these are organic grapes, obviously. Uh, the vi- the um, vines themselves on this small farm are 50 years old. And for the uh, wine peeps listening, firm tannins, backdrop, great. Oh, am I supposed to do it in my voice? Firm tannins, mm-hmm. backdrop, great fruitiness and richness. <laughs> From a single vineyard, this wine will be ready late 2020. <laughs> there you go. Fabulous. So this is a Cuvée du Colombier. So... Yeah, appela- the um, appellation in French, appellation, Morgan Beaujolais, France. Wonderful. Hmm. You're welcome. Got nothing. It's very good. I got nothing. It's very good. It's so pretty, too. It is um, really pretty. I think, okay, so check this. Thanksgiving is coming. I you, I've been saying it for the last few weeks. You do need to stock up. You can request certain bottles. If you just go and just kind of hit the VIP option on their mm-hmm. website, you can request certain bottles. The Beaujolais is a traditional Thanksgiving wine because it usually drops uh, in November. And I think this bottle is going to really complement the aesthetic of your Thanksgiving table. Mm -hmm. Look at those colors on that butterfly. That's true. Mm -hmm. There you go. Fabulous. Okay, and what are you drinking? Cheers. Oh, Oh. dang it. My glass is dirty. Don't look at my glass. It's like all fingerprinty and Okay, I am drinking a red wine as well today called Umantham, and it's a Zweigelt from Bergenland. Let me read you the back of this. Okay. For many decades, the Umantham estate of the Bergenland region in Austria stands for wine as fine and filigree as, as, as wine what? and filigree handiwork. For craftsmanship of the highest order, seated in the warm and sunny clime of Fronerkin, Josef Umantham works the land on both sides of Lake Nusidal. Picked late hmm. at stringently reduced yields, Umantham's wines offer splendid examples of wines that can only come from this place. So this sounds like a, a late one as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't pillaged my box yet. Like taking all the layers out. I want to see if that one is in there. Picked late at stringently reduced yields. I love it. So Joseph made this or Yosef. So cheers. Fabulous. Cheers. Here Ding. we go. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. If you're first you would time love customer, this one. You would love this would one. Would I? Ugh. You know, like, Yum. obviously, you know, after an hour or so, even better. But when they're just good right mm. out of the gate, sitting at our desk here, that's exciting. Yeah. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. Um, well, we are going to be talking, what? No. To Jennifer L. Scott of The Daily Connoisseur today. We are very happy to have her with us for the fourth time third or fourth time <laughs> I yeah i think we have a few minutes till she joins us can i share a story with oh yeah you? Since go you for said it. yes joseph joseph uh okay so i'm i don't know if i've ever mentioned this on the show maybe last year but like i just dabble just i just dabble a little bit in the ancestry.com department yes 
not a sponsor yet. Um, and I had gotten to the point in on my grandma's tree where I just was stopped. My grandpa's totally stopped. I didn't know this. My great-great-grandfather was a stowaway. <laughs> he climbed on a boat that was sitting in the English Channel. He was from Switzerland. Somehow he got to, I don't know, Larve or some something on the British side and climbed on a boat. And so it just the tree just stops with him. It's super sad for me. Um, but my grandma's tree had stopped as well. And I spent the night at my aunt's house coming home from seeing my my grandparents. And I asked my aunt, we were just talking and I mentioned this story about the stowaway and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I said, I was stuck on my grandma's side as well. She's like, oh, hold on. She goes to the closet and she gets this monster German Bible, like this big, that my grandmother had given her. Sure enough, in the front pages is the information the I family need Bible. to bump my tree forward like another three, two or three generations. Geeked out of my mind. And I'm looking at how many children these people had. Like, I have a lot of family out there. You are somebody listening is family. Probably <laughs> more than one somebody. Because holy cow, this guy had like 30 children between three what? wives. And... I got to find a picture of him and show my grandma. Like, here he is. And so this little bed that we used to play in at the farm, or this little tiny doll bed that we used to play with, and we were always told, so-and-so made that doll bed. Well, I found so-and-so, and I found his picture, and... Amazing. Yeah. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so neat. It was really exciting. Get a little geeked every mm-hmm. time you get to dig a little deeper. So. Yeah. I love that. It's so special you got to go visit your grandparents. Oh, man. It's Don't take super it. special. Um, I did figure out this is the first time in 17 years I've ever been alone with them because mm. I had babies and a husband, obviously, and then my aunt moved in to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And now they're at the nursing home. So I've always, there's always been people around. Yeah. This is the first time it was just us in wow. 17 years. It That's was so amazing. sweet. Yeah. How precious. Very, very important to me. So. Mm-hmm. We went and played um, – <clears throat> I shared with you guys last week that my parents turned their barn into a bar. <laughs> so we went last Friday night to play pool with them. And my uncle came. And so this is my dad had five brothers. My or my mm-hmm. dad had four brothers. So there was five boys in their family. So my uncle Joel was there and he was playing pool. And I looked at him and just like, you know, when you see people in their children or Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Anyway, so I'm looking at my Uncle Joel, yeah. and I see my Grandpa Larson. Like, it, I mean, just, there oh, he is. Okay. He was just right there looking at me, and it broke my heart. And I just looked at my mom, and I was like, I like, I just want to see him. I just miss him. And like, has he's, it been two or three years? How long has um, it been? It's been, it's been three years. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was so neat. Like, even the way he, like, moves his hands, certain mannerisms of his face, it was like, there he is. You know, it was, it was really special to, yeah, a little just taste. Yeah. Yeah. A little taste. You know, um, reading the Outlander books kind of uh, taught me, like, to watch for those things. Mm -hmm. Because she's always talking about, oh, the eyes and the gestures and Mm -hmm. the nuance or the flick of the chin or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I've I've kind of adopted that into my 
observation skills, you know, mm-hmm. as I'm looking at family and even in pulling up, <coughs> excuse me, hang on, <coughs> this picture of my great, great grandfather, great twice, second grade or third great grandfather mm-hmm. um, this weekend. Sure enough, just in his frown lines and kind of the way he had his head tilted, I just could see my grandma. Isn't just that like amazing? I, I could see it. Yeah. Just amazing. Mm-hmm. So beautiful mm-hmm. and fascinating. And I love just the staying connected to all of that. Yeah. Love it. It's so yeah. true. Uh, so when my grandpa, before he died of Alzheimer's, he burnt his house down. This was, you know, as, Good times. as things start yeah. to yes. deteriorate. Yeah. Um, and so I finally asked my dad, to your point, I just asked him this last weekend. I said, did any family photos survive the fire? Because my grandpa had a room full of photographs and he used to baby, my grandma babysat us until she died. And then my grandpa babysat me like after school, I would go there for all of school basically. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up in his house around these photographs and there's some that are imprinted in my mind that I would really love to have, you know, (sighs) like, because you do, you can look at your great grandpa or your great, great grandpa and you're like. And there's somebody I love. And it's because of this person that I'm even here in this moment. Like, that is so amazing. I think four people have gone into the bathroom and flushed the toilet since we have started. I'm like, what is going on Are we lined up outside? Like, what is (laughs) happening? You guys need an extra porta potty out by the barn or something. Could you go outside when we're recording? Like, how many people? Half of you can go outside. Ah. Right? (laughs) More than Maddening. Just maddening. Oh boy. We are getting around to getting a second bathroom. We're just not there yet. We're going to get there eventually. <sighs> yeah. And soon they can go downstairs instead. Alas, here we are. So we are going to be meeting up with Jennifer and talking about really kind of her book that we've touched on before, but not really dove into in any capacity, which is Connoisseur Kids. We're going to be talking about kids and attitudes and... Manners, manners and all these beautiful things so let's jump in Hello. well here's the thing jennifer you can always fool us because you're always in front of this beautiful wallpaper <laughs> right some beautiful calm corner of your house where it just looks like you just have your life together and everything is perfect all the time oh well, i do <laughs> duh <Just kidding. laughs> oh it's so nice to see you both so nice to see you <laughs> There's no bathroom right next to her little settee that she's sitting on. Shay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're recording this intro and everybody in my house has to like go to the bathroom <laughs> and flush the toilet, which is right through that wall. One wall away. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Here we are. This is life, ladies. This is life. Um, so, so go ahead, Ange. Well, I'm I'm really excited about this conversation. Well, I love having you on. We love having you on. But every time we have these conversations with you, it's so desperately needed if you've spent any time subjecting yourself to anything out there. And um, I'm really pleased that we're going to be talking about the children's side of it today because, because wow, she uh, shared a story last week about something that happened at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, she had a little, a little smack because she didn't give the the filter, you know, the little disclaimer at the beginning of the story, but she got to experience a very rude child 
the disclaimer would be maybe this rude child had um, certain handicaps that would oh. not allow him to have the inappropriate filter at a certain mm. moment. But that's a very small percentage. I mean, I think on the whole, we go out in public and we encounter rude children or we deal with our own children just even at the dining room mm-hmm. table. And we're like, uh, yeah, that is that's not going to work moving forward in life, that behavior. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited to flesh this out. Well, I love this topic. It's one of my favorite topics. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think what what is tricky about this topic, and, and I like the way that you go about this. So Jennifer wrote a book, Connoisseur Kids. We've talked about it on the podcast multiple times before. Um, this is a book that we will bring out at mealtime because it's really small, just digestible habits, ideas to promote good behavior in your children. So you don't really deal with here's how we're going to punish if things go awry or here's how you should like, here's how you should do it. It's just more, these are generally good, appropriate, socially, um, what's the word, you know, positive things. What Don't laugh at me. No, I'm laughing because I just heard a giant belch through the floor. Oh my, God. my children <laughs> down there belching so gross <laughs> wow um so you you take a very like pro positive action stance versus like mm. a don't mm-hmm. act this way or, yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah uh so i mean i guess maybe just jump in jump in yeah. there and like why that way well you know? i think you know so as a preface for people who don't know me i have four children and um and I've learned so much over the years and, and having more children, but basically etiquette, first of all, I think that it is such an important subject that obviously every single household in the world, if you have children should be teaching their children. I think it's equally as important to math and language arts. And thankfully it's not as extensive as those two, you know, but everybody needs to teach their children basic manners because when you're an adult and you run into rude adults guess what they probably weren't taught this as a child or they were but it didn't stick for some reason or it was like a negative connotation with them maybe their mom badgered them with manners and then they decided to that that put them off manners you know so i learned as as time has gone on that the best way to approach manners is is with levity and in a positive way and with fun, just like it is if you're teaching your child anything. You know, if you're going to teach, if you're potty training your toddler, it's so much better to be upbeat and positive, even when they make a mistake, rather than, I can't believe you peed your pants. Like, <laughs> that's just never, <laughs> never yeah. going to work. And what we have to realize as adults is we're coming into it as whatever age we are, you know, I'm 41. Yes, I get it because I'm 41, but they're new to the world. And all of this is new to them. And we have to give them that grace. uh, And we need a lot of patience. So when we're teaching manners, that's why I like to keep it fun and light. And that's why in the book, there's so many activities and things that are, that Mm -hmm. are going to make them laugh and have like a bonding experience Mm -hmm. with regard to this issue, because you want it to be fun. You know, Mm -hmm. you want them to love it and have good, positive feelings about it so that they take these uh, things with them for the rest of their life. Do you think Uh, 
that manners are, I think I know what you're going to say to this. Do you think it's personal to the household? Mm. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to throw Angela under the bus, but here's an example. <laughs> but she like, will. <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> no, um, like we don't like we don't burp. Like I don't let my boys burp. It's just a thing. It's a thing. I grew up with sisters. My mom grew up with sisters. So mm-hmm. like the boy farts and the boy belches, like I don't allow it in my house. Like you do that, you go outside. And so that's sort of a manner that we've driven home that potentially maybe you not other families draw the line on. Right. So there are, I think there are probably certain, some universal ones that in every household, it's going to be, this is going to be considered not correct. Um, but then there's also like this, I don't know, kind of weird individual aspect of things Mm -hmm. where as for me in my house, we will do this, but not Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And, um, I, okay. So what, what I think is it's usually the mother who's teaching manners, although not always, I'm sure the father fathers are involved too. I just did actually, a uh, an interview with fatherly magazine and, and the dad I talked to was so engaged in everything with, and so invested in teaching his children manners. So both parents teach manners, but it's usually the one who cares the most and, uh, who focuses on, on what she or he cares about the most and everybody has their own thing, right? For me, it is you must, we, at dinner time, we must all sit down and, and wait until the last person is finished before asking to be excused. I just, I have this pet peeve where I can't stand if, if, the, yeah. if whoever it is wolfs down their food, can I be excused? And then they get up and then they're like doing cartwheels around the table while the rest of us yeah. are to eat. Like for, I, I cannot, <laughs> cannot abide it. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids, I'm still working on it. Do you know what I mean? Where they, they ask, they, they'll finish and they'll say, may I be excused? No, don't even bother asking until the last person's finished. Basically yeah. it's rude. Cause then everybody gets up and then the, the person who's the slow eater is still there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, that's what I feel very passionately about. And so somebody else might like be so disgusted by belching that that's the thing they're passionate about, or somebody else might have something. So it, I guess, I suppose it is personal to the family. Um, mm-hmm. and yes, I mean, I, I mm-hmm. guess it is. Mm-hmm. And probably like degrees. So like belching yeah. at the table, oh. no way. Right. Farting, yeah. No way. Like they're all <laughs> down in the kitchen. There's no parent. Like they're just shooting. The right. Making money, it happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's probably like a spec. Oops, excuse me. I hit my microphone. I thought you belched. Well, no, I did not belch. <laughs> I will sneeze on this show, but <laughs> um, but yes, the 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 dinner time thing is. And so I wanted to ask how I don't remember how old is your eldest child? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. So the bigger they get, like the more important they think their time is, their time mm-hmm. is so sacred. They need to get back mm-hmm. to doing X, Y, Z or whatever. And it does. It's a huge pet peeve for me when people start, lev- they're levitating, they're standing at mm-hmm. the table and there's Can't all this commotion and I'm still cutting food because I'm probably the last person to be seated, you know, right. like sit down. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. moving. I remember being a kid, like, you know, maybe you experienced this, both of you, where you'd be out for dinner with your grandparents or your parents and they'd say, we're just going to finish our coffee. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit tight while we finish mm-hmm. our coffee. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yes. I mean, it's, it's huge. Table manners is probably the biggest chunk to, to tackle with, with, uh, teaching etiquette to children. And it's something that really, it just never stops. It's like you teach your child at age five, what to do. And then you never have to remind them again. You're constantly having to, um, deal with this issue in a positive way. I mean, I I call it an issue, but it's, it's something that needs to be taught to your children. And I always say this to my children. I say, and I know you probably all say this too. You're going to thank me one day. You don't care now. But when you are 18 and you're going to your boyfriend or girlfriend's house for dinner, or when you get a job and you're going out with everybody to a fancy restaurant, you suddenly care. You're self-conscious about what you are doing. And that's the, the beauty of etiquette and learning proper etiquette and good manners is that it allows you, it frees you. So you don't yes. have to think about it. And it's natural if you've practiced it your whole life and you just naturally... Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about it. You can worry about other things because there's mm-hmm. enough to worry about, you know? So I, I constantly say that to the mom we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. We would like to thank American Blossom Linens for not only being our favorite linen company in the entire world, but also for sponsoring season eight, Make Your Bed of Homemaker Chic podcast. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use coupon code HomemakerChic20 to get 20% off of your new bed linens. As we head into fall, as we redress our beds, and as we celebrate this theme of making your bed even more beautiful, we want you to do so with American Blossom Linens. Whether you're looking for beautiful, modern vintage sheets to dress your bed, or a new duvet cover, or a new pillowcase, this is where you need to grow. This is the only 100% American-owned linen company in the entire United States. This is a family-owned company that's over 100 years old, sourcing the most beautiful Texas-grown cotton and weaving them into sheets that are made to last a lifetime. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com, use coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEAT20 for 20% off of your new bedding. We get asked a lot how we care for our skin and what kind of makeup we use. And the answer is simple. We use Tubes & Co. I want you to visit tubesandco.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKER. This is your one-stop shop for all things natural and organic. From face washings, you have to check out the charcoal bar, to glow serums, which is probably the most beautiful thing I've ever put on my face. Emily has created all kinds of wonderful products for you to utilize on your skin. So whether you're looking for a new foundation, a natural mascara, cruelty-free and additive-free lipsticks or blushes or eyeshadows, Tubes & Co. has what you need. Visit tubesandco.com. Make sure you also try the frankincense tallow balm while you're there and stock your bathroom and makeup case with pure, beautiful products from Tubes & Co. That's tubesandco.com, coupon code HOMEMAKER. We'd like to welcome House of Tokumen as a sponsor of the show. You can find them at hotrugs.net. If you are tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs, that do not survive your lifestyle, then you need to dress your home in hand-woven rugs from House of Tokumen. Did you know these beautiful vintage handmade rugs are known to outlast their plastic counterparts by two decades? All of the House of Tokumen rugs are heirloom quality and made from the finest cottons and sheep's wool. Buy directly from their website and always enjoy free shipping in the continental U.S. or enjoy custom sourcing from a one-on-one buying experience. You are guaranteed 
a one-of-a-kind rug, no fake antique rugs, machine-made copies, or replicas. Shay and I love our rugs from House of Tokuman. We know that you will, too. Visit House of Tokuman at hotrugs.net. That's hotrugs.net, and dress your home in beautiful rugs. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is a sponsor of Homemaker Chic Podcast because, frankly, homemakers have to cook. This is for home cooks out there who would love some new inspiration, ideas, and motivation in the kitchen. Each month, you'll get five new recipes shipped to your door or to your inbox, whichever you prefer. Recipes will range from entrees to side dishes to desserts to sourdough breads and everything in between. I'll also guide you through the month's recipes with a long, in-depth cooking video showing you new skills and encouraging you as you give these recipes a try in your own kitchen. And lastly, you'll be invited into our exclusive community of like-minded home cooks where you can ask questions, share your successes, and gain inspiration from women just like you. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is here to inspire and nourish your family with whole food recipes, price-conscious recipes, from-scratch recipes that are designed to enjoy We're going to teach you to bake. We're going to teach you to use sourdough. We're going to teach you to ferment things and to try new ingredients. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to join as a member today. We've had that exact same discussion with my boys where I think we're about the belching conversation. And this is exactly where we go. It's like these, some of these things can actually be, dare I say, cute when they're little, right? When they Mm, want to get it from the supper table and they're, Two and they want to crawl up into mom's lap mm-hmm. or, you know, when they're crawling around the table or when, you know, they're three and they like let out a burp or so, Oh, ha, ha that's funny. You know, how mm-hmm. um, then you, I always just like add 15 years to whatever issue we're dealing with. Yeah. It's and cute. it's like, it's not cute. Oh, you procrastinated on your homework. Oh, you were, you know, you didn't make eye contact when you were talking to an adult. Okay. Well, at a job that could get you fired. <laughs> like, your boss thinks you're disrespectful or you're out at a company dinner or you're meeting potential, you know, in-laws or whatever mm. those things may be. When you add those 15 year olds, all of a sudden you think these, you know, cute little things are not cute anymore. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they're, they could be considered some pretty major character deficits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Jennifer, your yeah. husband is British, correct? Yes. Okay. So yes. I, as an example, was uh, taking a German lesson online mm-hmm. the other day and they were talking, you know, each culture in, in uh, Europe has, um, they're, you know, they're, they're from a class, class-based society, you know, mm-hmm. so there's that still trickle down effect mm-hmm. of, you know, they have proper and improper or proper or informal and formal for pronouns and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this German podcast was talking about um, who is served first at the dinner table, whose hand you would shake and whose hand you would be more familiar with. Um, do you think this is uh, a universal situation? Like as far as manners and children, or do you think, think us that we as Americans have a little bit um, more of a row to hoe? Well, I think that that's a really good question. Um, that America is, I would guess that we are the most casual society on mm-hmm. the planet. Probably. <laughs> just, I think that's probably just in rebellion to the whole class. Maybe structure, you think, yeah, you know? I, I think it could be a part of our spirit, our mm-hmm. American spirit of independence right. and, and bucking the that stuffiness of mm-hmm. uh, where we came from. But 
so yes, at this, so we are so casual and I'm not saying that's bad. It's good and it's bad. But if you are an American and you are traveling outside of America, it's very important to look up the etiquette rules of where you're going because it's not going to be the same and you will stick out like a sore thumb. If you don't care, okay, that's fine, but you will. And I remember when we um, were going to study abroad in France, I had numerous French etiquette lessons before I went through our school. And they said things like, uh, you, they drilled this in my head so many times I was petrified of doing it. They said, you will keep your hands on the table. You do not oh, yeah. put your hands <laughs> under the table. And I'm shaking in my boots. Like, why? Like, okay. That <laughs> is like, you do not do it. Yes, it is just, rude. You don't. It's, it's not only rude. This. And here oh, yes. you're as a child, put your hands in your lap. Like, you right. Know, you know, elbows then, on the table, yes. like kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We, we're like no elbows on the table mm-hmm. over there. It's, it's a bit more, it's no elbows on the table. You must keep your wrists on the table at all times, you know, like, and you can't, you can't, I mean, you could get your napkin briefly, but that's it. And so that's the type of thing. And, and I, here's an attitude that I get from, uh, I, I hear from a lot of people cause I do etiquette videos on my channel and everything. And some say, well, who cares? It's, it's just about, enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is about enjoying each other's company, but you should care. You know, and it's not like it's not like you have to completely immerse yourself in all of the rules of every country you go to. But it's just good to brush up and and you know, figure out a few of these things so that you don't feel awkward and it shows that you care, that you actually do care about the other people. So, uh, you know, there's that in in England there's a whole there's a lot of different etiquette rules than in America with dining and, and even different than France. So it's, it's good to just <laughs> brush up on these things and, uh, and, and to teach our, ch- I mean, we need to teach our children proper American etiquette first and foremost. And then if they have aspirations to travel, uh, then you can t- teach them about that separately. In our house, we've had the conundrum of whether to teach our children um, American style dining or continental style dining. So we've decided to, with our girls, we're doing continental style because when we go to England, we want them to feel, um, you know, what's the word? Included or not included because they're included, but we just want them to feel like they fit in, you know, and, and it's, um, a lot of etiquette instructors say, if you learn the highest of everything, then you can always easily trickle down. Yes. But if you, if yeah. you don't know it and you're eating, and I remember this. So when I, uh, when Ben and I were first married, we would travel to England and I have always dined in the American style, which is you, uh, cut your food with your, fork in your right hand and I'm sorry. Yeah. Fork in your right hand, knife in your left. And then I'm sorry, the other way, <laughs> I'm trying to picture this knife in the right hand, fork in the left. Then you put your knife down, you switch hands with mm-hmm. the fork and then you eat. And that's perfectly acceptable in America. Okay. And you can teach your children to eat like that. That's totally fine. But that's how I ate. When I went to England, I remember specifically when we were first married, we went to a dinner party at one of his friends uh, homes. I was the only American there. And I remember suddenly noticing that I was eating in a very different manner to everybody else. Nobody cares. <laughs> they all know I'm American. It's not like, Oh wow. I can't believe she's yeah. doing that. But I became aware of it. And that's when I decided to start um, eating the continental style be- because it just, it allows me to go where I need to go easier. So, mm-hmm. 
Sorry, that was a long ramble. Yeah. <laughs> I think you hit a really important point there because one of the things that we always drive into our kids is that when you have this sort of etiquette and these manners in place for what you've decided those parameters to be for your family, it allows other people to enjoy being around you. Mm. I mean, like really, I want to be around you. You know, if I'm at the dinner table and you've just gotten up, you've been incredibly rude. Maybe you've said rude things about the food. You got up before you were excused. You're doing cartwheels around the table. You're burping. I'm not, I want you it's out of here. You're <laughs> gone. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Nobody no wants to be around from that. me. I don't want to be around <laughs> you. And uh, mm-hmm. it's often where we're the most comfortable at home with our family that we feel that we can act the worst. And yet that's where we, that's our practice mm-hmm. ground. Like that's where we learn how yeah. to do these things so that when we go to our grandparents or when we go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. we have the, even the capacity to, to know what this means. And um, I get, I get asked this question actually quite a bit and I'm not, it kind of confuses me but I think I understand it. I get asked like, how do you, how do you train your kids to sit through church? Hmm. Our church is like an hour and 45 minutes. Hmm. Uh, there's no nursery. There's no children's church. All the children just sit with their families. And I remember coming into that culture and thinking there is no way hmm. that I could ever get a two-year-old to sit through hmm. an hour and 45 minute service or a 10-year-old or an eight-year-old. Hmm. Turns out when you just practice it and practice it and practice it mm-hmm. and practice it, they're completely capable of doing it. Yes. And that's what I always tell people. Like you just do it. You just sit there. You make them sit there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that means getting creative with how you go about it. Sometimes it means knowing when to push and when to pull back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means focusing on just one thing at a time. Like, Hey, can we make it to communion today? Can we just mm-hmm. make it through halfway through the sermon? Um, but I think the same is true for etiquette in our homes. You know, Mm. our kids are very capable and their capability coupled with the fact that it allows other people to want to be around them is actually an incredible gift to give your children. Mm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, One of my favorite techniques for teaching the kid to children is what I call the dress rehearsal. And essentially it is a practice. I've done this with my children um, formally about three times. And it is something that I recommend to everybody. It is so fun. So here's what I do. I set the dining room table uh, in the most formal setting that I can imagine. No food. This is a dress rehearsal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pretend like you're an actor. And this is uh, the night before the, the opening night. Okay. So I bring the children into the dining room and I have the table set. And I say, okay, we're doing a dress rehearsal and we're going to use our best manners. And they, they're so excited. It's so exciting for them. Right. And so I do this with my 11, nine and five-year-old. So my three-year-old's not there yet. So he, he just plays. (laughs) (laughs) So what we do is, um, I say, okay, everybody be seated. So we sit down and then I say, okay, what is the very first thing that you do? And the, the answer is that you put the napkin in your lap because that's something that we, we still struggle with. They still don't put the napkin in their lap. You know, they might have it crumpled off to the side or whatever. So, and then, so we sit down, they put the napkin in the lap. And each time we do it, I, again, I quiz. So what's the first thing you do? And my five-year-old might say, you put your napkin in your lap. Okay, good. And then you do that. And then, um, we model, you know, how to hold the silverware. And then I say, I'll throw something at them and I'll say to one of them, all right, what you, let's say you need to use the bathroom. What do you do? Do you announce to the table? (laughs) I have to pee. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what, what do you do? You say, ex- excuse me. 
and you, you put your napkin down and you leave and you come back and then you put it back on. You know, I told, I mm-hmm. showed them what to do all the different scenarios until the very end where they put their, and they love it. And it's so fun. So if you, um, a lot of people, if they're going to a family reunion or grandma's house or to meet somebody, do a little dress rehearsal, or even like you're saying with, with church, or if your children have to sit down for a long time, do a little dress rehearsal at home and say, okay, this is what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And this is what if, and try to think of all the different things that could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. What if you need to go to the bathroom? What if you need to do this? And then enact that with them. And that stays with them. Now they're going to giggle the whole way through and they're going to laugh, but that's good. You want them to have fun and for this to be a bonding experience for them. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel like a lot of adults should probably do this too with them? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I I watched a video on YouTube and it was about continental, you know, manners and just how to fold the napkin, even so you have the, you can have the lipstick, like where the lipstick is going to end up and then it's not yes. going to stay in your pants and mm-hmm. how to sit, how to get in and out of an SUV, oh, like, yes. like a clod <laughs> hopper. And you're like, really, you, you watch it and you go, oh, I, I didn't know that. Like mm-hmm. that's an mm-hmm. easy tweak. <laughs> Just little, yes. yeah, that's easy. Yeah. It's um, so empowering when you learn, even as an adult, these little, I'm constantly learning things and I'm actually brushing up on, uh, some things with somebody professionally right now, because it, you never stop learning. And when I, I would learn little things from Madame Chic or just from the a la carte etiquette lessons I've had over my life. Um, Micah Meyer recently taught me how to hold a teacup properly and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I feel so I don't know. Had, Tell me. I wish I had my tea. I only have my coffee mug, but let's pretend <laughs> yeah. this was a teacup. I guess this okay. is for the patrons, right? Okay. So you have a teacup and you hold it. I was holding it like this, like threading my, my fingers through the cup, which is how most people hold it. If you could pretend mm-hmm. this was a teacup, but it's really like this. And, and so I don't know if mm-hmm. that helps you. So you kind of point okay. your two fingers out and hold it delicately. And now you'll never, every time you see somebody holding a teacup in a movie, or you're going to notice it, mm-hmm. whether they do it in that way or not, but it, you'll notice it. And it's a nice little tweak, you know? So, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's important to drive home. Cause I know that they're, they're probably not listening still, but there are a lot of people who listen, who don't have kids. They're not training mm-hmm. their kids. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said was so important. This isn't like a one and done kind of a thing. No. That's like being like, mm-hmm. I got pants that fit me and now I'm set for life. It's like, well, <laughs> you're going to have to like kind of reassess this, you know, every mm-hmm. once in a while, you're going to have to, to tweak this. Mm-hmm. And I do want to ask you, what do you do when let's say you're out in public and your child does something that you wish that they wouldn't have done, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're rude to somebody, maybe they don't acknowledge mm-hmm. or the right way or address somebody in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an instance like this years ago when we have some really close friends of ours, we were having supper with them and, and the husband's dad and my Owen went up to him and he was like, good to see you, Bill. And I was just like, Please don't call him Bill. Like, oh. You know, yeah. that's not what we call him. That's not what we ever called him. Mm. And he did it in the context of like, you know, you have the same name as my brother, but we mm. call him Will. And so mm. he was, yeah, it was, it was sort of cute, yeah. but, um, you know, obviously kids are going to act in certain ways and frankly, adults are going to act in certain ways mm-hmm. that we wish that they wouldn't in public. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you manage that? What do you, do? so 
the first thing is prevention. So if you, and then again, a lot of times it takes an incident like that to remind yourself, oh, I need to remind them mm-hmm. that you refer to adults as Mr. And Mrs. So-and-so. And, and then once you remember that before you, if you know, you're going to a dinner, just say, now, remember, these are the names, Mr. Smith, mm-hmm. Mrs. You know, so you can remind them of that and then do a dress rehearsal. So you could pretend to be Mr. Smith, and then have your child address you. So that's important. And then if they make a a mistake, um, I, again, uh, later on, lightheartedly just say, uh, just correct it in in a way that doesn't make them feel shame or uh, that they've done something wrong. But, Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe do a little activity where you say, okay, let's try this for next time. So you're going to say, you know, and then do that. But yes, it's important to address it. Um, Mm -hmm. but with grace, and again, we don't want them to feel it's the same. Like if you're helping them with their math homework and they just can't get something, um, it's so much easier to, okay, you know, just take, just approach it lightly and rather than why can't you get this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, good advice. Yeah. I think people that buck this whole idea, even adults, as far as employing manners for themselves or or maybe a higher form of etiquette. I think there's just this uh, paranoia that we're just going to revert back to this strict, rigid, unfeeling Victorian way with ourselves or with our children, you know, seen and not heard. And, you know, they, it's just this like kind of knee jerk Mm -hmm. reaction when there's just a real happy medium. I mean, things are very different as far as how we treat children these days. Mm but they can still have the manners that, Mm -hmm. that came out of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get back to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Children should be seen and not heard. So I don't think that's even a concern. I think that just comes from, there are certain families where, you know, their motto is we're casual, we're, Mm -hmm. we're modern. Maybe they might think they're modern and they don't need that. Some of these things are irrelevant because I encounter people who say, uh, about one etiquette rule. Why is this, why does this even matter? Well, if one doesn't matter, why does why do any of them matter? Why do you teach your children to say please and thank you? Mm-hmm. Why? Or is that the only thing you should teach them to do? You know, there's a there's a whole host of things, and of course, start with the basics. And as they grow older, when they're teenagers, then you could teach them the fine finer details of things. But it's just about consistently modeling that, and it's a lot of work. It just like Shay said, it just doesn't it doesn't stop, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, actually I'm going to tie this in here. So the theme of our podcast for season eight, Jennifer is make your bed. Okay. And sponsored by American blossom linens, by the way, thank you. American blossom linens. Love Janet. Uh, actually we met Janet through Jennifer, you guys. So this is just a big love triangle here. Yes. (laughs) Um, but the idea behind this make your bed season was like, you kind of just got to get up and do the work. No Mm -hmm. one's going to come make your bed for you. Don't hide things under it. Don't Mm -hmm. not change your sheets. Like it's reflective of so many other things that are going on in your world, what we're prioritizing. And, you know, not Mm -hmm. that it's not just like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just Mm -hmm. do it. But there are things we can do. And I think this is, is genuinely one of those situations where it seems like work on the front end. And and I think that's why, Mm -hmm. frankly, a lot of parents avoid it. I don't think that they love when their kids are brats or when they're throwing a tantrum. And mind you, my kids have done all these things, okay? Mm -hmm. I've done the like potato sack over the shoulder 
left the buggy in the grocery store kind of a thing. We've, we've, I think we've probably all done that. So it's not like we're just raising these little angelic creatures. You know, we're all having to do the hard work. I don't think any parent likes to be around a kid like that, but it's way easier on the front end to just mm-hmm. ignore it and be like, you know what? Sure. Be excused from the table, whatever. Go do cartwheels. Right, right, I don't, right. I just want to enjoy my meal. Stop bugging mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That's easier. That's not easier in the long run, no. which is the tricky part because it is like the make your bed thing. It's easier just to get up out of your bed, leave your bedroom and not come back to it for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't add any sort of enjoyment to the end of things. So no. true. Yeah. It's true. It's like that with everything. I mean, yes, it's so much easier to teach with the table manners um, when your child is seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, than when they're moody and 16. I don't yeah. have a 16 year old, but I can imagine, you know, <laughs> Angela, has, <laughs> you know, uh, they have, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be dinner is so important. There's that book much depends on dinner that, that came out a long time ago. It's, it's so important. And, uh, that, culture, the dinnertime culture is extremely important. And, um, you don't want a moody, sulky, ill-mannered person in your family at the table ever. I mean, come on, life is too short. So Mm -hmm. yes, it's like, it's do the hard work. The earlier you start, the better, but let's say you are a parent and it was maybe overwhelming, or maybe your child has disabilities and it's hard to teach these things and it feels overwhelming and, and you just kind of gave up. So it's, again, it's, it's never too late to just do what you can, you know, with what, with what you have, Mm -hmm. or let's say you just didn't do it. And you suddenly have an 18 year old boy who plays Minecraft while you're having dinner, you know, and you're like, I don't want this anymore. You you can change it. You can Mm -hmm. change it and it'll be hard, but you can change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is so encouraging because there's not very many people in the world who get things right on the first go around. (laughs) No, and our first poor Wait. firstborn children are. Oh my! Gosh. I know. I'm always like, Sorry. were we all so hard on them? <laughs> yes, we're it's so true. Strict. I'm like, or, I just, I'm yes, my best. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gotten a like the. Oh yeah, I would have gotten in trouble for that. I know. Right. Oh I know. yeah, I hear that one like every other day. Yeah, and it's true. But yeah, I can relate to that. You do. You, you do grow. I mean, we don't get it right the first time around. And I think it's, I think women need to hear this, whether it's for themselves, whether it's just for their spouse or whether it's for their children. Like, I mean, you real, this is something that you can actually really easily change. Uh, go to Jennifer's YouTube channel, watch some of her etiquette videos, read the Madame Chic books, read the connoisseur kids books. Like there's no shortage of opportunities to, to start to bring these skills into your life, ultimately, even to enjoy your own company more. Jennifer, I have to tell you this story. (laughs) This is so embarrassing. I sat down the other day. This was not that long ago to eat lunch. I had like reheated these leftovers. Like I just slopped them on a plate, like (laughs) cracked open a sparkling water. I slumped into this chair. (laughs) I was eating this food like an animal. I don't know what I was doing. I was just not checked into what I was doing. Eating like an animal. I had my phone. I was scrolling my phone. I was just like, what is wrong with you? I caught myself like mid-life, Shay. And I remember in the Madame Chic books, you were like, no, we are going to enjoy our mealtime. Even if we're eating by ourselves, yes. we are going to sit 
prop, we're going to take the time to consider what we're eating. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to listen to the birds sing while we're chewing. Like we are not going to just yes. mindlessly shove our faces. We're going to be aware <laughs> of ourselves ultimately. <laughs> yes. Man, I thought if if Stuart walked in right now, <laughs> like I would be so embarrassed. It's so funny. Everybody's done it though. That's the thing. Every, almost probably almost everybody in America has done this. Oh, okay. you've seen like driving by the people eating in their car. They're totally not knowing anybody's watching them. They're just like, oh. <laughs> I, I'm I have done that a few times. It's so bad. Like when I'm super hungry. Okay, but um. No, okay, so here's the thing. Everybody's done it. And I think I have something funny in the Madame Sheep books. Like everybody's had the bowl of cereal over the sink at like 10 o'clock at night. You know, just tacky, right? And we don't want to eat like that. And every time I myself have done that in the past, I regret it because you're not conscious about what you're eating. You're like, did that even happen? Mm-hmm. Is there food yeah. in my stomach now? Am I full? What? And then, or if you're scrolling, that's the worst. Like try on your phone, like list you know, that instant, like looking at all the news articles and stuff, it's like, oh, it just, you feel bad, you know? So it, sometimes it only takes a few of those where like, I'm not going to do this anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But um, there are certain people like, you know, Madame Sheik wouldn't be caught dead doing something like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But, the, but most people have, and I have done it myself, definitely. Um, and whenever I do that, whenever I relapse, you know, and have like a... <laughs> I'm just a a super, yeah, sloppy with my, my eating habits. If I'm, it's usually when I'm alone again. And sometimes when you're a mom and this would happen when I would have limited time, like babies and limited time to eat. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to wolf this down and scroll. And at the same time, that's when you really do it, but you really, it's stressful. It's not good for you. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you only have a few meals a day. You might as well appreciate them. I have this where is it? I have a book my sister gave me for my birthday called Charlotte Moss entertains. And it has these wonderful quotes in it. And there's a quote, and I think it's by Henry David Thoreau, but it might not be, I have to check, but it says, um, uh, and of course this was written a long time ago when people used to spend an hour having dinner, but it said, um, what other ritual lasts an hour and is so pleasurable and happens every day other than dinner, Mm -hmm. you know, now our dinners don't last an hour, but it should be a pleasurable ritual. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't want your children to see you doing that. That's the thing. Cause we don't want them to do that when they grow yeah. up. So well, you have to model it. We've seen our kids do that, you know, where they're like yes. half leaning on the counter, like peanut butter right. stripping down their arm. And you're like, yeah. could you, could you not get a plate and sit down? I've said so, so many, oh. get a plate. Can we just yeah. at least get a plate, just put it on a plate. Um, I, I'm really convicted about, about like, particularly maybe the scrolling thing and, because I think it's so easy for, for moms or, or for individuals who just get to the end of the day and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't have any pockets of just, mm-hmm. of just Nothing. rest, of just Nothing. deep mm-hmm. breath, of reflection, of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And I realized not that long ago, I was doing that to myself mm-hmm. because even let's say my bath mm-hmm. time, uh, okay. where it's supposed to be my quiet time. Now there are things I could certainly do on my phone in the bath that would bring relaxation. I could read, I could listen to soft music. Like there are some beneficial things. Uh, scrolling social media is not one of those things. It doesn't bring any sort of joy to these. Oh, I have a minute. I got a latte. The kids are doing their school. Mm -hmm. I'll just sit here for, you know, take a five minute break. Mm -hmm. And yet you're depleted at the end of it. Mm -hmm. It's always a time waster. Yeah. Always. Yeah. 
I just did a YouTube video about like 10 ways I stay organized. And that was one of the things I shared. I was like, look, I don't have any superfluous apps on my phone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not a scroller a couple times a week. I'll really give a good click through Instagram, but it's like intentional. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. get my news from, from social media. Like if I want to read the news, I will go to the news website, read the article mm-hmm. I'm interested in. And then there's nothing else to do there. Mm-hmm. I'm done. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it is just, a that's a healthy mindset. And again, it's good behavior to model in front of your children. If your ch- the other day, I, I see it a lot and I, I don't want to, um, to shame people. Cause I've certainly done this myself, yeah. but when you see the mom with her child and, and, um, she's on the phone and scrolling, and then the child is just, you know, they're waiting for something and the child is trying to get her attention and stuff. I've been there myself. I've done mm-hmm. it myself. And when you see other people do it, you can easily get judgmental and be like, oh, get off your phone lady. Like just take, put it down. Like, what do you, what's so important on Instagram, you know, but we've all probably done it, you know, and when I do it, it's okay. But when she does, you know, so I have (laughs) to tell myself Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't do that too. But if you're, what are you doing throughout the day? Like I I'm so careful about reading, um, actual books. Like, so I'm reading, I want my children to be reading books. Um, I've been playing the piano a lot more recently, like 30 minutes a day, at least I like, you know, when, when they see me playing the piano, they, they suddenly all want to practice the piano to too. Yep. They want to play. Whereas before they weren't even interested. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't want to be on the sofa scrolling on my phone. I don't want them to see me do it. I don't, I would imagine how you'd feel if you walk downstairs and they're scrolling on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, what do you need to do? What do you know? Yeah. Let's so do something do productive. Yeah. Right. So you don't want them mm-hmm. to do it. So you, we can't do it ourselves. So. Well, and I also think, you know, if, if this is to the end of, of cultivating this, this culture of just connection of creation in our homes, um, of good manners and of enjoyment of other people, then there are so you know, what are we depleting from the energies reserves that we have to offer to our homes? What are we depleting by allowing things like that to just take nuggets of our energy and of our emotions every day? You know, if we, if we allow ourselves just to be liberated from that, Mm. you know, we might find that we have all kinds of energy for doing the dishes or tending mm-hmm. to our children at dinner in the right way, or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, doing something like the dry rehearsal, you know, all Very of a sudden true. we've got a 15 minute pocket where we can do that. Yes. Yeah. I, and it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. No I find myself increasingly it. irritated with social media and just, mm-hmm. uh, but it's hard because we are on, that's what, how we make our living is we are on social media and people yeah. come to us for our content too. And so it is important to find the few people that you like their content and watch it intentionally, you know, mm-hmm. there's that, uh, but everything in moderation with self-control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I just like, I try to use it like this is a designated time. So you don't walk around with a magazine under your arm. Right. Exactly. Flip through the magazine every time you have a, a hot second. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not you enjoyable, know. is it? No. So <laughs> that's a good illustration. Um, I have a question um, for you, if I may pose an adequate question for you. Yeah. So I always teach my children um, to address Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the appropriate, in your opinion, way to handle it? Because that's what I want my children to do. I want them to acknowledge the rank difference. Mm-hmm. I want them to acknowledge their elders and the dues they've paid. When you have a new 
um, person come into your circle and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, just call me Sue mm-hmm. or just call me Jane or or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you do you address that behind closed doors and like, let's just continue with what we do or like, what's, mm-hmm. what's the appropriate? Or That's such a good question thing to do. That's a really good question. And that's something I hear a lot. So what I would suggest to every parent, this is what I do is you always start off with Mr. and Mrs. and then their last or Miss or Miss and their last name. Yes. First, then if the person becomes someone you see on a regular basis, uh, a neighbor, a teacher, a babysitter or something like that, and they themselves say, Oh, just call me Sue or whatever it is, or um, or they might even say something like, well, I've, I haven't been called that since 1982 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel old. Yeah. Don't call yeah. me that, <laughs> exactly. I've heard that too. Yeah. And what I do is I say, you still need to say Mr. Mrs. Ms. Mm-hmm. or Miss, and then their first name. Yes. So we have several people where all of our neighbors on our street, we're all very close to each other and we see them every single day. <laughs> and, uh, it's, um, you know, Mr whatever their first name is, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Uh, Kate. Mm-hmm. I'm just making up names here. But yeah. uh, so they do say that with their first name. That's like the modern, this is a modern thing. We didn't probably do this as children, right, you know, right. but things evolve. And um, th- I think that that's acceptable. But I think mm-hmm. to continue to at least put that Mr., Mrs., Absolutely. Ms., or Miss. Yeah. And ne- never, it's just, it makes me very uncomfortable. I, I would literally, My I would kids never. kids look at me like, <gasps> Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that okay? Like, yeah, and it's like no. Like a, so then, uh, so if they say that in front of you, mm-hmm. say, "All right, well, we'll call you Miss Sue then." Yeah, okay. you know, and you tell them, you direct it because it's your child, and you're going to tell them what to. Th- and mm-hmm. so, if they're, I mean, it would be very rare for the person to be like, "No, I said call me Sue," right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can like brawl about it. But I, right. that's not going to happen, you know. Yeah. And people like that respect, you know. I mean, I I don't want the neighborhood kids to run up to me and say, "Hey, Jennifer, can I go?" You know. I get so like when children address me by my name. I, yeah. I, yes. I, offended isn't the right word, but I just kind of go. It's, it's shocking so a little real? bit. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I put in a lot of time on this earth. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and I will be Mrs. Jennifer. <laughs> Darn it. I have a mortgage and you don't. That's Miss Angela to you. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, we're over our time. Okay. That goes really by so fast. quickly. Oh, yes. And my camera is dying, apparently. I know. What's happening? Up. I don't know. <laughs> as it goes. Well, um, that, yeah. was, uh, that was excellent. As moms and, and even non-moms, we hope that this was encouraging for you. I am always, as again, encouraged every time we talk to you, Jennifer, to just grow into the next level of maturity. <laughs> We're going to get there eventually. It's weird to not be able to see you while you're talking. I know. Sorry. It's kind of nice. Remember back in the day when we used to do this, we could like pick our noses and like, it's a cheese and stuff. I've had a bra strap like right here the whole that time. Is. I'm like, well, if Jennifer's on, I'm going to wake up. <laughs> I can exactly reek it, <laughs> reach in and clean it up. I love it. Uh, well, thanks Jennifer, for joining us. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, thank Jennifer. you. It's uh, always a pleasure. That's, that's uh really fleshes out this topic is called connoisseur kids and yes. it's in a lot of different languages, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. We have listeners all over the world yes. and uh, the best way for people to find you is you can find me on YouTube at the daily connoisseur or jenniferlscott.com is my author website. Wonderful. Love it. Thank you so much. Uh, patrons, you. 
Thank you for keeping Homemaker Chic on the air so we can continue to bring you such extraordinary content. You're welcome for that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast if you would love to support the podcast. And of course, thank you to American Blossom Linens for sponsoring season eight of Homemaker Chic. Make your bed. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code Homemaker20 to get Homemaker Chic 20. To get 20% off of your purchase of these beautiful sheets that will chic up your bed big time. And then you can take it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jennifer. We'll talk later. Bye. Cheers, y'all. See you Thursday.